ఫోర్ పాయింట్స్ క్లియర్ అన్బీటన్ ట్వెల్వ్ విన్స్ థర్టీన్ క్లీన్ షీట్స్ ప్లస్ ఫిఫ్టీ టూ గోల్డ్ డిఫరెన్స్ వెల్ దోస్ ఆర్ ద స్టాట్స్ అబౌట్ అ టీమ్ దట్స్ వన్ యాజ్ బికమ్ క్రౌన్ చాంపియన్స్ ఫర్ ద సెకండ్ టైమ్ ఇన్ ద త్రీ సీజన్స్ దట్ దేవ్ ప్లేడ్ అట్ ద బీడిఎఫ్ఏ నా ఇఫ్ యూ నో అబౌట్ దిస్ జెంటల్మెన్ హూ జాయిన్ మీ ఆన్ ద షో హీ ఇస్ ఆల్ అబౌట్ నంబర్స్ ఇన్ ద రిసర్చ్ దట్ హీ పుట్స్ ఇన్ ఈవెన్ ఇన్ అ సింపుల్ ట్వీట్ so if you think what i just read out was my was part of my research well you've been wronged i didn't have to do much work because all i had to do is dig up his uh, linkedin profile to where he's put down a whole message about his entire season so these were the numbers that he put down there and i trust him with numbers so i went ahead with that let me welcome richard hood to the totally indian football show for the second time this season thank you sajo good to be back on the show Yeah, today I have all of you by myself. Like the last time it was more like a press conference on the show. Uh but it was fun nonetheless. Now I think taking you back a bit more about FCBU, right? It's been 3 seasons that you're the head coach of the club. Uh, it's relatively now I think we should stop calling it a new club. Uh we are kind of wanting to look forward to the results, uh, the benefits that it reaps. Uh you know, everyone wants to know what's coming up uh, out of the FCBU camp. Uh, again with the things rightly so and one more, one of the things is because you are at the helm of things over there now to ask you maybe uh, how are you placed in terms of you know you missed out on again the i league but at the moment since i league has been postponed for various different reasons uh, for the reasons that we know how how are you placed at the moment are you kind of relieved that's not happening and you know you didn't you guys didn't get a chance to play in the i league and now it's not happening we don't know when's going to happen but yeah how are you placed in that aspect i think it would be unfair to dance on other people's uh, misery because i think it's uh, more than uh, 13 teams that are affected by the whole uh, suspension uh, we are talking about uh, players and uh, fellow coaches uh, maybe their wages being affected and again uh, lack of inactivity not being able to showcase themselves uh, not having the opportunity to play because of the circumstances that have unfolded so it's not really relief as such but yeah i mean um, Rajasthan went through uh, fair and square and uh, Kenkre uh, capitalized on the opportunity of uh, Chennai City FC dropping out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, with just about a couple of games played, I think two or three matches played and then for it to be suspended is really unfortunate. And uh, can't really say that we're glad, but uh, yeah, it would have, yeah, cancellation not would have been good to be at that level ideally. Now let's go back to the I-League what happened last year. uh the second division that happened and you all were very impressed with the first outing that you all had in the previous edition but things didn't go well in the second time around uh, you all came in after the duran cup uh, fixtures was that the fatigue that came in that you all didn't probably have much time to recover uh cuz to be honest and to put out straight i mean even you would agree it was a dismal performance from fcbu at the second division Uh, fatigue wasn't a factor at all i mean uh, chelston and uh, the staff have ensured that we are among the fitter teams in the circuit so uh, that really wasn't uh, a concern of us and in fact uh, since you had mentioned stats i think i will put out all the attacking stats that we secured so the football that we played uh, in durand and the previous edition uh, what we produced at the qualifiers this year was a lot more aggressive we were a lot more uh, incisive in our attacks we um, Uh, we produced a lot many a uh, lot more chances i think uh, in terms of the aggressive starts uh, final third entries chances created all of that we were the top team across uh, both the groups as far as the group stage went so, and uh, we surpassed uh, most of our numbers during the durand as well so i mean uh, uh, number one were the defensive uh, errors that we made but also uh, compared to the number of chances that we had we really uh, didn't uh, i mean there was a need for being clinical over there but 
uh, yes, the results were abysmal. I mean, there's no undoing the sort of disappointment that we faced over there. But uh, as far as uh, playing with the identity, playing intense football uh, for the entire 90 minutes, I don't think even once uh, anybody would have noticed us uh, stepping off the pedal in terms of how hard we play. Uh, so on those parameters, it wasn't a letdown. But yeah, the score is a score. I mean, there's no hiding from that. And uh, no matter what we said, uh, we didn't really uh, prove ourselves up to whatever the hype that was built around it. And uh, that's really disappointing. But uh, if you're asking where exactly are we looking for the answers and uh, gaps and errors and things, uh, as far as uh, adhering to a model goes and uh, doing our best to be successful by that, I think yeah, the biggest uh, gap was uh, not being as clinical as we should have been. So to go back now, probably to ask you then, I mean, yes, the stats does say that you all performed at your best, but like you just mentioned, it didn't convert into results that you wanted. Uh, so where do you think it went wrong? I mean, was recruitment, did, did that play a part? Because you had some experienced players, but also some probably who've crossed their peak, you know, so how did that go by? I think uh, I have heard many of the comments that people had to share about the recruitment and bit, but then uh, people uh, don't look between what happened uh, between the Durand and the uh, qualifiers. One was that uh, Rana Garami, who was uh, brought in to be our first choice uh, centre-back, he didn't come in. Then Ashraf got injured just before the semi-finals and wasn't available for uh, the duration of the qualifiers. So that had to... Uh, I mean, we had to create some shuffling with the back four. And if you look at the record that we had with the uh, qualifiers the previous season where we conceded uh, a lesser number of goals across uh, as many matches, over there we had a stable back four. I think uh, our back four was the same for all four matches. Uh, no changes over there. And over here we had to shuffle and change uh, quite a few times. And uh, I don't think we should uh, discount Kinshu getting a red card over there or even Pedro Manzi being injured in the first 20-30 minutes of the game against Madan Maharaj and uh, you can I mean if, if you look at just his impact of uh, being on the pitch the number of chances that he creates uh, per 90 minutes the number of shots that he uh, has his uh, final third uh, passing success rate and things that was a big uh, chunk to miss out on so uh, start to finish we had a definite plan about how we wanted to um, use our recruits where exactly we'd use them in what situations but then injuries and uh, I mean certain aspects that affected the flow that we wanted to achieve well, now let me just get to the season that you'll had at the BDFA, the numbers that I shared in the start. Uh, share your thoughts, your experience. Uh, once again, congratulations on being champions at the BDFA. Uh, take us through that journey, please. Uh, having lived in the city for close to nine years now uh, and uh, being involved in and out uh, directly or indirectly with the Super Division, at least there's a good idea of... Uh, the quality of teams and uh, last three seasons, uh, the winners and runners-up have been separated by just the one point. So uh, we knew that uh, one is to perform well against the potential favourites and uh, make sure that we get the points over there. That was a big part of the objectives. And uh, we were lucky that we had a good chunk of uh, players. I mean, uh, not from the starting eleven, but boys who were part of the squad who uh, made up most of the playing minutes. So there wasn't so much of a, uh, let's say, adjustment uh, period in terms of the new signings or players who now became a new starting eleven. Uh, I mean, who composed a new starting eleven. I mean, there wasn't so much of a adjustment period over there and also we were uh, quite shrewd with, with our recruitment of the under 21 uh, players we'd got a couple of very talented boys from uh, Shillong Ainam and uh, Batskim who um, I mean I think from the under 21 quota that uh, that was a part of the league rules uh, they, they I think they secured more than 95% of it and did really well for us so um, I mean uh, just having the idea that we need to be ruthless we need to outscore we need to um, beat the next favourites on the uh, 
on the list uh, all of those objectives were very clear from day one and uh, really happy that the boys uh, stepped up and uh, delivered and did what needed to be done how do you assess the team's performance like from the time that it has started it's been three seasons and you know three years uh, so far so how from the start till now how do you gauge them and uh, where do you rate the team's performance as a whole um one thing is that we uh, we place a lot of value on the process so uh, the main objective uh, for me personally was to assemble a really strong uh, coaching staff and with uh, mangi chelston uh, satish coming in for the qualifiers and then uh, the physios that we've had at least end to end we've had a good uh, i mean you can call it a very lean staff but it is uh, a start at least in terms of having people who are uh, in line with uh, the sort of football that we need to play everybody has their jobs and responsibilities uh, sorted out and everybody's pulling in the same direction so uh, year on year we have improved at least uh, in the rankings and uh, attacking stats and all of that uh, in the three seasons that we've had uh, the other big success for us is the progression that uh, players have enjoyed with us one is if you look at uh, boys like Am- amir anawade he'd uh, spent the qualifiers with us last season and now is amongst the first names on the team sheet for mumbai city fc shreyas ketkar did really well for us and is uh, with the indian arrows now and similarly there's a whole bunch of players who came in here and then uh, made the move upwards and that's largely due to the game model that we have at least the ident- identity that we play with we encourage them to uh, express themselves we encourage them to uh, follow and uh, perform within uh, whatever the uh, parameters are with modern football and i'm sure that uh, the few people that watchers have identified that that uh, these guys are adaptable and uh, they could fit into most teams so let's just say there are 10 things that need to be done at least we ensure that these guys do 8 out of 10 things really well and that's what makes them uh, uh, good talents to sort of move upwards and uh, serve in higher leagues so yeah i mean uh, that way we uh, based on these parameters we've been able to secure some really good talent uh, we've been able to secure uh, important uh, foreigners as well as well as uh, senior indian players who came in and gave us uh, time on the pitch and in training so at least uh, as far as the trust and reliability of the program goes at the individual level in terms of uh, clarity in ter- with the football that we want to play and also the output that we have uh, physically and uh, just in terms of the uh, care that the players receive uh, there are a lot of boxes that we can check off uh, especially for the level that we play at uh, we've had a lot of successes on that front and uh, football wise yeah uh yeah we have improved significantly from the first season till the third there has been uh, big big improvements now to ask you when you were roped in as the head coach i'm guessing and assuming that you were given the uh, freedom to choose your coaching staff right so how did that process go by and how did you narrow it down to probably having gormangi uh, as your assistant coach uh, if you can just share your insights on that and how good is has he been uh with you and what are the learnings that you've probably got from him and how is he on the pitch like uh basically on the sidelines as a coach now i mean getting into the job i was in um, i was under no impression that i can make up for lack of playing experience and uh, mangi brings enough and more of that right i mean given that he's been there from the nfl era till the isl era as a player and he's re- retired quite recently so uh, there was good uh, interaction with him during uh, one of the courses that he was a participant of and I was assisting uh, Savio Madeira over there and uh, between um, that course starting and this job coming up I was on the lookout for somebody to come in and fill in the staff and I'd approached him and he asked the right sort of questions as well in terms of why should I be coming across why should I leave home and uh, make time for this and uh, at least I guess from the from whatever conversations we had back then there was enough clarity in my head and uh, 
ability to express what exactly we are trying to do uh, at fcbu and he agreed and if you're asking about uh, sort of insights and stuff i think those things are quite um, uh, instinctive right like lot of uh, quick decisions lot of insights into the training plan when do we stop at what point do we really push the boys more um, i mean there is a lot of exchange we drive up and down to work together every day so that's upwards of uh, two hours uh, when you're traveling longer distances uh, discussing the uh, training plan and also uh, just that he is a thorough professional you don't survive at that level of the game without really having that sort of uh, those traits and characteristics to um, uh, i mean uh, last uh, life as a professional player and a lot of those character uh, those personality traits have carried into his uh, job as a coach as well so when it comes to uh, Uh, taking care of the defensive side of things the set piece side of things he takes the responsibility very seriously and also um, we all speak the same language in terms of the intensity that we demand there's a shared clarity in terms of uh, what standards we expect the players to produce uh, from the start of the session to the end of the session so it's been a very good relationship uh, that's built up over the last 3 years now in the post that i started on with the the reference to that you shared uh, post your season you mentioned about an identity right you mentioned a line that says plenty of valuable memories built establishing the most vital part of our work which was our identity so talking about developing this identity how do you go about getting everyone in the team involved and get through that message Uh, one is uh, i'm quite uh, forthcoming with these sort of details that i want to share especially with the staff and things uh, whether it's a training plan whether it is insights that we gather whether it is the drills that we need to do uh, there's a lot of exchange of uh, written content in terms of uh, talking it out and then uh, discussions so that's the starting point of uh, getting everybody on board with the identity and but and it took a bit of time i think initially Uh, i held back they held back a bit but then uh, everybody contributes towards it uh, there are a lot of ag- training activities and mangi brings forward a lot of training uh, activities that uh, chelsen brings forward a lot of tactical uh, considerations that we make based on the players that are available so everybody contributes but yeah i mean uh, the main idea that we need to play with a certain amount of intensity uh, within the four moments of the game uh, we need to showcase uh, certain technical qualities uh, showcase a sense of uh, collective intelligence uh, and uh, just a sense of clarity that the players need to uh, bring through over the 90 minutes and that's how we structure the whole uh, program so it wasn't too difficult uh, because uh, i think in terms of uh, it's not really aesthetics but in terms of uh, ideals uh, values and principles all of us are on the same page that uh, we want to be amongst the hardest working teams around we want to be amongst the most uh, industrious teams we want to have uh, good quick efficient attacks we want to uh, win the ball back as quickly as possible so just these underlying uh, values that we all share in term uh, with uh, how we want the game to be played and what exactly we needed to look like uh, in those terms uh, there was a lot of cohesion amongst us and like i said it takes 3 uh, years to come to this point and uh, i think yeah, if compared to the training plans that we had initially to what's being developed now to the way we manage our training sessions Uh, in the initial months to the last few weeks that we had there's a big big difference in terms of our approach as well and uh, uh, thankfully we are very uh, honest in terms of how we reflect on the methods there is a big uh, reflective uh, process as well uh, that we all share in terms of uh, what are the things that we will never do again what are the things that we need to do all the time what are the things that will continue uh, just though and again within the various uh, aspects of our training that's uh, sort of refined it over a good period of time and it's been a very conscious effort doing that so uh, i think yeah with uh, just the idea that everybody gets to contribute and uh, there's a very uh, uh, there's a lot of room for uh, new ideas and things to come in uh, i think that's what's made the whole uh, coaching staff successful just in terms of uh, getting through and uh, implementing this 
Right now, you mentioned about training, the aspect of training that each of you bring into the pitch. Uh, if I may ask, can you probably take us through, you know, how do you plan your sessions? If you can take us through that journey, it'll be great. One is that uh, everything's documented, right? I mean, uh, not, uh, I think right from, let's say, what we need to convey to the players from the time they come in and uh, how we wrap up the session and things, at least uh, certain points that are controllable. I mean, uh, not everything can be predicted, of course, but uh, we put a lot of things on paper. So we have a master document of uh, sorts, that is the game model uh, that we have. Uh, and it describes in each of the game moments, right? When we have the ball, when we don't have the ball, when there are transitions and set pieces, what exactly do we need to do? And in which part of the pitch uh, does this take place? So uh, one is uh, based on uh, which part of the pitch it is in, who are the players involved, we have certain, uh, uh, I mean, uh, certain rules or let's say tactical behaviors that we expect the players to execute. Again, based on their uh, individual abilities. And more or less, a training plan is based on uh, game moments. So I think the entire training session, uh, we have a very big leaning towards uh, transitions. That is, uh, if we train uh, defense, uh, defense, and we start from the point of losing the ball and uh, uh, all the behaviors that need to follow in terms of ensuring that we are successful defensively. And then again, uh, quick rules for what we do when we uh, gain, regain the ball and what needs to happen after that. So uh, we have a very strong leaning towards uh, uh, tra the transition phases and. Uh, yeah, the training sessions, uh, by and large, yeah, regardless of whatever the topic is, uh, we start off with uh, uh, invasion sports uh, or invasion activities, that is in terms of uh, rondos, but rondos with direction, with a target, with a score, at least uh, get it as close to the game uh, as quickly as we can. Uh, then we move into uh, specific tactics, that is uh, usually unit uh, plus unit versus unit plus unit phases of play uh, of sorts. Uh, we slow it down, we speed it up. Uh, usually we don't intervene at all or there are a lot of interventions based on what uh, day of the week it is or how much we need to address a certain point or what uh, phase of the season uh, we are faced with. So um, if we uh, sort of add all of that up, uh, yeah, we get the first, uh, let's say, 75% of the session and then usually, again, depending on the day of the week it is, we end with a small-sided game and we try and have minimal interference uh, during that uh, small-sided, medium-sized or... Uh, Maybe just 11-11 uh, on half a pitch. That's a uh, very, very common practice with us. But uh, um, from the start of the session till the end of the session, it's a common theme. And uh, over a period of time, it's the behaviors that we continue to demand. Uh, that is, uh, individual behaviors on the ball based on which individuals uh, there are. Uh, what do we need to happen around the ball? That is, uh, players uh, who are closest to the game action or the center of uh, play. And then away from the ball, just the overall organization in terms of how are we managing uh, space and uh, time and also options and uh, covering uh, various aspects. Again, like I said, uh, each uh, game phase has got its uh, boxes to tick. And in each uh, stoppable, uh, in each moment that we need to step in and coach, we try and see how, what needs to be addressed uh, as the most important point. And uh, we really don't deviate away from that. And nine out of ten times uh, correcting uh, or identifying the most important uh, aspect to coach or address aspect or problem to coach or address we uh, it sort of solves the remaining problems also in a sequential manner as we don't need to have too many stoppages if we're very careful about the quality of stoppages that we need to have but if you're asking about the mood and things yeah, I mean we're very careful about the language that we use uh, not in terms of uh, let's say the um, uh, content of uh, uh, profanity and all of that, but also like the cue words that we have, what we constantly demand, what we, uh, so we have a list of uh, all the time and never. So 
there are certain things that we do all the time as a team and there are certain things that we never do as a team or as individuals and things like that so uh, at least uh, being very conscious about our communication model in terms of the ideas that we need to convey uh, again that's a big big part of the planning because uh, many times the uh, plan yeah i mean there have been times when we have to abandon it halfway through and then go on with something else in terms of what's come up in the session and things and that's also another big aspect of uh, the program where uh, we are quite adaptable or open to uh, play as it unfolds rather than being slaves to the program that's on paper but uh, yeah it goes on to a lot of detail uh, at least uh, from whatever comparisons i've seen uh, and everybody is uh, tuned into it so the sessions uh, they go out on our uh, staff whatsapp group about couple of hours before the training session starts everybody comes in with their input then everybody reports one hour before the session starts so there's enough room to discuss some things and then uh, yeah that's how the usual uh, working day goes beyond just planning the session now taking you a little back on the journey right you played in your first ever as a head coach uh, played in the durand cup and considering the history that you know durand cup boasts of it is definitely a great privilege for any team or any player to play in that historic uh, tournament irrespective of how it's been treated at the moment uh, how were you I know how excited were you to lead this team into this Durand Cup, and how did you prepare, and what do you make of the entire tournament? Now, number one, at least from the point of view where we come, it was a really well organized tournament, and hats off to the uh, Bengal government and armed forces to give us such a good experience. That was at least as far as the timekeeping goes, the professionalism behind it, all of it uh, was a big, big uh, eye opener for us. And uh, again, as a staff, to be accepted was a a huge uh, sort of sense of joy for us because um, yeah we've grown up watching it um, and again something that is this old and uh, so much of prestige attached to it uh, we want i mean we were very eager to uh, do well in this and uh, i don't think anybody missed the point that uh, this was preparation for the qualifiers eventually that is uh, we knew at the back of our heads if we do really well over here with that sort of uh, competitive temperament under our belt uh, the qualifiers um, it would sort of uh, complement the qualifiers or the sort of oppositions that we'll face there so um, i mean uh, throughout i think um, we were unbeaten <laughs> at least uh, as far as the regular playing minutes went uh, throughout the uh, durand i think we lost uh, yeah we did lose an extra time after going a man down um, Uh, in the semi-finals, but yeah, if we're talking about just reflecting, I think for everybody, that is uh, many of the players and uh, me especially, along with uh, some of the staff, is the first time we've played in front of a full uh, full stadium, right? Because Mohammedan Sporting had a full house that day, and uh, more than anything, it being the Salt Lake, having to, and we didn't play any matches at the Salt Lake during the group stage. All of our matches were in Kalyani, so I mean, uh, to sort of earn our place, uh, or let's say earn our right to play at the Salt Lake by securing qualification to the semi-finals, that was uh, really special. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we uh, had a lot of sleepless nights wondering if that uh, yellow card hadn't happened, or uh, could we have dragged it all the way into penalties and things? Uh, would have been special to sort of. Um, Uh, do better than the semi-final spot, but uh, again, I mean, uh, the whole tournament was testament to uh, what we prepared for and uh, what we want to achieve. That is, uh, number one, play football the way uh, we intend to show the same qualities. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we got a lot of uh, praise for doing that, especially from the opponent uh, coaches and things. Where uh, yeah, we gave a good account for ourselves. I would like to believe. Right now, going back to the post that you shared, right, it mentions a line that says, uh, "Building a culture, environment, and process." That's the primary su- success uh, that you guys have, and you're all making the right kind of noises. Uh, if I may ask, 
how do you see yourself in the three seasons i know it's not a lot of period to actually gauge but from the start till now how successful have you been in building that culture and environment and process in place that you had in mind oh, one is uh, environment pretty much is um, uh, let's say the, the people that we see every day and the things that we do every day right so that uh, that's like the exoskeleton or whatever the uh, what forms the environment and uh, like within that we've brought in a lot of uh, values in terms of uh, let's say having a good work ethic uh, being uh, diligent about things uh, giving players complete clarity giving them a full uh, training day as opposed to uh, uh, whatever they faced in the past and thing just uh, going by accounts of the players and stuff so uh, one was to bring in as much professionalism as we possibly could that is uh, uh, main uh, ethics so there was no shortcuts uh, no winging it and uh, no half measures in terms of anything that we do whether it is the planning the preparation Uh, the interaction that we have with our players uh, there was a big demand to be as mindful and present as we are and also um, i think um, whatever it was i mean the, the those uh, training moments or let's say the attachment uh, with the club or the interaction with the players uh, in the moment that is the most important thing happening for all of us so uh, being able to bring our entire focus and energy into uh, serving uh, uh, the players i mean giving them a good uh, training experience Uh, making them uh, believe that this uh, is the best possible choice that they've made with their uh, career at that point in time because a uh, lot of times we get players uh, who have better options right i mean it's not easy securing a lot of the names that we did given that uh, i league clubs and certain isl clubs were after them and also competing i league second division clubs were after securing the talent so uh, beyond the finances and things uh, many of these guys have come away from uh, playing and uh, Uh, serving under respectable clubs and uh, coaches so uh, i mean there was pressure for us not pressure but yeah i mean we take a lot of pride in what we do and uh, producing a good uh, well run program uh, was a big part of this whole uh, culture that we keep talking about and uh, in terms of the noise being made yeah i mean if you look at it uh, from the point of view of uh, robert and uh, danny car they got called up for the national team in the world cup qualifiers uh, given the work that chelston and all, all of us put together just in terms of ensuring that these guys will produce uh, top level stats as far as the running bit goes so at least we ensure that the players were fit so that's a big part of a culture where, where the whole uh, conditioning program and uh, player well being is a big big uh, part of it that that's something that we take very seriously uh, in terms of uh, training intensity uh, the players who make their way to the pitch are the ones who can uh, possibly meet all the pressing demands that we have uh, 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 play the game at a certain tempo throughout for 90 minutes that's a big uh, part of a culture that uh, gets lived through every day as in uh, uh, if you're talking about overt uh, running stats and uh, i mean uh, running drills and things you don't really do too much of those but uh, whatever we do is very very demanding uh, right from the effort that goes behind it and the expectations in terms of the uh, quality of execution that we expect from the players we expect them to do everything properly and to a certain standard so uh that's a big part of the culture then uh, simple values like punctuality shaking hands with everybody as soon as they come in uh, greeting everybody as soon as they come in uh, having a quick chat before the session starts just the day to day of the interaction and but uh, that was a big part of it that none of the staff leaves uh, before everybody is done so if uh, the snc guys and the physios and stuff they need to treat the players they have extra gym sessions and even the coaches stay back and help out wherever they can Oh, that also became a part of the culture and things. So I mean, yeah, uh, we did build it brick by brick, and uh, at least uh, certain parts of it uh, were in place from day one because we brought in the right people uh, as far as the staff went. And uh, 
it's sort of uh, built on from there and uh, overall it has become a lot tighter it's ha- it has become a lot more efficient it has become a lot more uh, demanding and uh, and again like the main aim is to place the players first it's n- never about us and it's uh, everything is about uh, getting the best from these uh, players creating good cohesive uh, unit and things and again uh, lot of uh, brotherhood over there lot of uh, mutual respect lots of love between all of us and things so that makes up a huge part of it so Yeah I mean it it's a little bit of everything but yeah it's it was uh, good to build all of this and at least ensure that uh, players who came in with the right sort of uh, mindset and attitude uh, went back better players and uh, into uh, better setups so at least uh, they got a lot more than uh, what they expected beyond just let's say the wages or uh, just filling in the time gap that they had with us Right and if I had to ask you what excited you the most uh, you know taking this job up like you wanted to get back to coaching yes but how excited were you and what kind of pushed you finally to take this offer up as a head coach at fcbu now one there was a lot of uh, satisfaction behind it right because it wasn't that i went and met the uh, club management and they agreed the next day to give me the job it <laughs> went into about 9 or 10 uh, interviews there were other people who were fighting for it uh, people with a lot more experience uh, coaching wise and me there were a lot of doubts that they were quite uh, uh, sort of open about and uh, i was in a position to answer most of them and uh, yeah just in, uh, the interaction at least i think the nine uh, interview process it sort of uh, clarified things between uh, both of us and uh, it is a very exciting project just uh, because of the people that are behind it uh, we have so much of uh, autonomy and trust that uh, built up over the years and from season 1 they have uh, supported uh, our decisions and questioned when when it was uh, necessary as well in terms of whatever demands we made or uh, whatever happened so they have kept us on our toes as well so uh, i mean it's been a great fit for three seasons now and uh, future will tell what's uh, going to unfold and but but yeah the if you're talking about excited uh, how excited i was how happy i was yes it was uh, important to uh, sort of start with uh, the sort of uh, people that make up the fcbu management the director the uh, operations team uh, the vice president all of them i mean uh, they're really top people and uh, understand sports and uh, they are in it for the right reason so overall it was a good uh, fit that's uh, paid off Yeah, if I were to ask you, like we all know, you you came back to head coach or a coaching role after a short gap, right? Uh, how do you? Is there a self assessment? If I were to ask you, how do you assess yourself uh, in these three seasons that you've had so far as a coach? Um, one is, yeah, the, the, there definitely is a lot of room for improvement. Uh, we, uh, as far as the controllables go, in ter- in terms of uh, how uh, curious we are about the game, how sort of hungry we are to improve ourselves in terms of understanding what's happening at the highest level, uh, constantly digging through books and uh, podcasts and research papers to see uh, and explore applicable uh, uh, lessons that can uh, be brought into our environment. So on those fronts, yeah, there has been certain improvements in terms of I'm a lot more clear of uh, the sources that I want to go to. and uh, build on as in uh, people that i listen to uh, in terms of uh, the mentorship uh, i'm very very lucky that i have uh, well wishers who are uh, brutally honest with me uh, though they're not there on a day to day basis and things but yeah uh, each time uh, we haven't done so well or screwed up uh, the results especially if you look at the qualifiers now in terms of what exactly happened one is they give me a chance to um explain what exactly happened and then they give their opinion as well so uh, and there's no sort of uh, sugar coating anything so uh, and these are people who are quite uh, impo- who are important voices in indian football who step in and make time to uh, help me through a reflective process and uh, yeah i mean uh, personally uh, i think uh, just in terms of uh, efficiency and things yes communication 
uh, in terms of how we interact with or at least me how I interact with the players and things yes there is a lot of room for improvement and uh, that's a work in process constantly because uh, eventually uh, we are looking to, uh, to cement our identity in such a way that even the methodology all the approaches they become uh, not foolproof but at least uh, what used to take uh, three or four sessions at one time will uh, should take a lot lesser uh quantity of time to sort of implement and establish and i think communication be a big part of it and again uh, the sort of uh, management of the environment uh, managing uh, personalities and stuff uh, that comes with experience i, I don't think there is any uh, book or uh, podcast or any documentary that will help me become a better leader in terms of managing people unless i continue to expose myself to difficult situations and uh, deal with it on a and deal with it in a reflective manner deal with it with intent to change or understand what needs to be done and uh, i have been quite open to that side of things and will continue to do so now just to get your quick thoughts as somebody who's been involved in indian football for such a long time well we have a new club in the whole scene right from rajasthan and it's the first time from that state we have a club representing how do you see that as a great thing for indian football going ahead and uh, a word on you know you've you've seen them play you've played in the league in the second division how do you assess them and what are your thoughts on this new club i didn't get a chance to see the new signings i think uh, the strength of the processes and uh, strength of uh, whatever they've built so far will be seen in the i league should it uh, continue and pick up uh, where it left off i think they played with uh, nine men against uh, round glass uh, so i mean that was an unfortunate uh, situation that came up but it will be really interesting to see it, uh, how everything shapes up with all the new signings and the sort of football that they produce and uh, rajat uh, who's at the club is somebody i've known for a very long time uh, long ago i think more than 10 years ago he had come to tata and spent a bit of time over there uh, with the academy i think he was trialing with uh, boys like hitesh sharma and uh, konsham and aiban and things uh, he didn't make it but he kept it a point to keep in touch and uh, used to uh, drop in messages every now and then to see if there were any opportunities for him to continue playing so at least in terms of the uh, passion that's uh, behind the people that make up the club uh, there's no doubt over there and uh, uh, new old whatever it is uh, they got promoted right whether it was a 100 year old club or a club that's just come up and things it doesn't really make a difference as long as uh, the processes have proven them to on the place and uh, and football is a future obsessed uh, sport we can't really rest on what's happened in the past and uh, uh, the next game is the most important one the next decision the next uh, signing the next acquisition everything is about what's going to uh, come up in the future the here and now is just the 90 minutes that we experience and things so i think uh, given the time uh, they have the right uh, people to sort of uh, build up on this and uh, like i said if the people are right then it really doesn't matter which part of the country they come from but it's good to see that uh, local people are behind it and uh, once this whole thing comes back to normal uh, to see what the home games will be like in jaipur uh, could be a surprise for all of us in terms of the crowds and things that show up over there you can never tell what's in store once uh, this home away format gets back on the road and finally we are all in uncertain times but keeping that aside as as a coach of fcbu and for a club uh, how does the future look like uh, if you can share something from that Uh, we aren't really uh, sure i mean at least in terms of staff what's uh, going to happen with us or uh, with the club one that uh, the calendar is so scattered i mean we don't know when the next bunch of uh, games are going to happen so um, our commitment was till the last game of the bdfa super division and uh, objective like i mentioned was to win the league so uh, it's not really uh, undoing uh, what happened in uh, october in the qualifiers and things but uh, 
it was the least uh, that we could do in term, given the time span that the BDFA league was starting within 10 days of that uh, qualifiers wrapping up uh, of course the club is going to assess its uh, future steps based on uh, what exactly has happened and uh, whether the uh, BDFA accomplishment outweighs the disappointment of the super division i mean um, of the qualifiers that's not for us to say because the club has to make uh, careful decisions and uh, ensure that uh, uh, they get through next season and uh, like i said there, there hasn't been any official communication as such uh, and again it all depends on the calendar is it going to be in october again then what 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 happens with the staff from uh, january to october and we definitely can't uh, rely on the club to take care of us in over that uh, time span right so uh, it all uh, depends uh, uh, probably it, uh, it would be ideal uh, to see how things uh, shape up and things but i think the club will be looking to uh, build a whole calendar around uh, accommodating the durand again the ifa shield again and the qualifiers as well as the next edition of the super division and uh, of course to make sure that they qualify so i guess with that sort of uh, volume of uh, commitments coming up comparatively uh, they will make a careful choice in terms of what exactly the future is great richard hood thank you so much for your time for coming on to the show and accepting my request on twitter uh thank you once again for your time and uh, absolute pleasure sejo thanks for this interview great uh to all our listeners thank you so much guys uh, to also let you know that we've recorded this episode a week in prior so you're listening that's why we i did not get in much into his getting his thoughts on what's happening in indian football in general and definitely i think this episode was needed because uh he's no more just a person or you know at the helm of things of indian football he's a head coach of a club so i had to get this uh done thank you once again to all the listeners do follow and subscribe to our show on all the leading audio platforms and share your thoughts share your inputs and share this episode as well thank you once again i am your host ajju and you're listening to the totally indian football show thank you <laughs>